in between fantasy football podcast season four let's go baby yeah there was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out of the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go and that come at us could come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back Maybe we were all way too high Maybe that's our fault It's gonna be a crazy time But it's gonna be a fun time Life is boring if you don't take some chances And do some things outside the box Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice And some fantasy football advice All right, all right, all right. It is February 14th, 2023. For the final time, the In Between Fantasy Football podcast is back with you, breaking down the 2022 NFL season. Seth Wilcock, I'm present with you. I'm alive after an electric weekend of NFL football out there in the desert. And I'm joined by a man who, just on this podcast alone, has started beef with Scholastic, the book company, John Elway, calling him an asshole multiple times. And every European football player everywhere. Guys, give it up for the cynical Nathan Polvo. Nate, how are you doing after the big game, my friend? Look, dude, a spade is a spade. John Elway's an asshole. I know people who have met him in person, and I'm just I'm anyway, he did get us a Super Bowl, so I'm happy about that. It's gonna snow tomorrow. I'm not happy about that. But what I am stoked about is we get to break down an awesome Super Bowl. It was a great game, and we have a lot to talk about heading into the offseason, and we have some really great tips for you guys to help make your fantasy leagues better as we get and kind of gear towards redraft season here over the next six months. Um, I'm, ex- I'm excited, man. It's a good show tonight. Yeah, absolutely. As Nate alluded to today on the show, we have a really good one planned for you guys. We're going to react to the big game, tell you the fantasy football implications that you should be walking away from Super Bowl number 57 with. And then we're going to, before we jump into the 2023 season next week, start our brand new season of the podcast, we want to give you some tips to improve those fantasy football leagues. We're going to round it out here as late February approaches with some would you rather very topical for the uh, the occasion. Talk a little music, talk a little movies coming your guys' way. No Kyle Scott today on the show. No audio in the back end. So if we sound terrible, blame it on Kyle Scott. He's uh, boots on the ground right now, Nate. Greensboro, North Carolina with his uh, full-time job, Pitt Athletics. So no Kyle and no Scott today either. We gave him Valentine's Day off. His wife threw out her back. So I said, you got to do everything you can to be there, my friend. Uh, bro, I've thrown out my back. It is no fun, and I get it. Scott could not be here tonight. That makes sense. It's the right thing to do. And as far as Kyle, I'm just jealous, dude. It sounds warm in Greensboro. Hey, it was it was warm out here in Pennsylvania as well. We, we were hitting about 60 here almost earlier today. We're going to be in the 70s almost later this week. So a little global warming coming uh, better later than never here in February out in Pennsylvania. Uh, we do have family in the chat as well today, Nate. Uh, we, we got Toronto Dave sending us some love from up there in Canada. And then we got we got Steel saying back thrown out on Valentine's Day. 
Wonder, wonder what's going on there. <laughs> we got Brad Bolt in the chat saying, hey, fellas. Hey, Brad, good to see you, man. Appreciate you making time. I believe it's Wednesday where Brad is, so appreciate you making time on your Wednesday for us, man. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into things here. Talk a little Super Bowl with some front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. All right, front and center here, Nate. Let's break down the Super Bowl and let's talk service level before we jump into the fantasy implications. This was a game where Philly dominated time of possession nearly 36 minutes to 24. They ran 19 more plays than the Chiefs. Jalen Hurts, game of his life. Any Jalen Hurt doubters out there, they can be put to bed after this one. Maybe his best game as a pro. 304 passing yards, one touchdown through the air, three tutties on the ground. Hope you hit that anytime TD score out there. And 15 for 70 as well. And, Nate, this was one they dominated, yet the Chiefs still were able to come back, get their second victory with Patrick Mahomes in the big game, fumble recovery for a touchdown, rookie stepped up, big punt return from a guy, Kadarius Toney, and uh, a a ticky-tacky penalty kind of ended all. If you watch football and have watched football for most of your life, what is the one thing that you always talk about? Penalties. Penalties and turnovers can kill you. What were the two things that killed Philly? A turnover and a penalty. Those were the two things that put this te- that put a nail in this team's coffin. And we can debate the validity of that penalty. My issue with it is they hadn't called it all game. And to call it yes, agreed. at the end of the game seemed kind of horseshit to me as a fan. But they called it. And it is what it is. There were a lot of things Philly could have done. Like Jalen Hurts not fumbling the ball. But then we saw today... There was a face mask on that play against Jalen Hurts that they didn't call. It was a great game. It was a phenomenal game. Patrick Mahomes, not only did he come into the game with a high ankle sprain, but then he re-injured it right before the half. Yeah. And he got now he got 40 minutes off, which I think was a huge key to him being able to come back into this game and to be as effective as he was. But what did he he read it off what like a 20, 30 yard run after he re-injured the ankle at the end of the first half? It was one of my favorite Super Bowls I have ever watched. And I've been watching Super Bowl since 1986. I mean, so much to unpack. Like, like so much to unpack there that you're saying he toughed it out, Patrick Mahomes. They definitely gave him a shot at Toradol or some painkillers because even at the, the press conference interview right at the end there, uh, he, he looked a little out of it personally. I don't know if he took a big hit or what it was. But um, overall, like I think as fans, sometimes we get exhausted with the Chiefs right now, just like we did the Patriots back in the day. Uh, and maybe that's some of what we're feeling here, Nate, is they're getting these calls that go their way at the end. No face mask on Jalen Hurts. Obviously, the one Miles Sanders fumble for a touchdown did get called back, luckily, in the Eagles' favor. But, yeah, I mean, this is the thing with playing Patrick Mahomes. It's just like Brady back in the day. You have to be perfect. You have to be perfect all the way around. Philly played one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen a team lose. So you hate to see that for their fans. But I, I just love this game, Nate. And I mean, everything was like so funny from 
the, the turf father and, you know, they're the sod father and how the, the, the field is an absolute mess. NFL yes. needs to get that figured out. But it was just, it, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy, Nate. Well, there honestly, in this game, there wasn't a moment where I was like, well, I'm bored. Yeah, they, a couple cu- pace. There were some like slight lulls in action, but for the most part, this was a game where you hung on every moment and every second until there were eight seconds left. And you're like, well, I know there's only eight seconds left, but what's Jalen Hurts going to do when he gets the ball back? Like there has to be. And then obviously the whimper of the Hail Mary that happened. But it, dude, it was a phenomenal footing. Lost his footing again on the Hail sure. Mary, but. I mean, maybe sure. he could have taken a little bit of a smaller stance there, but it is what it is. We have Dave in the chat saying that run was bananas. Absolutely, Dave. And then Albert back in the chat. Good evening, IBT. Good evening you, Albert. We appreciate you tuning in tonight, our friend. Yeah, Nate, it really was just an overall fun game. Uh, what do you think of the halftime performance? Obviously a little provocative if you had kids around, um, but I think we were all reminded, like, Rihanna has some bangers, absolute effing bangers. She, she does. Uh, biggest takeaway was, dude, she's a baller for going out and doing that pregnant. And pregnant oh, yeah. enough to where it was showing. I, it was, it was a, it was good as far as Super Bowl halftime shows go. It was good, but the fact that she did all of that while she was pregnant, like, dude, that's baller because you know she was uncomfortable the whole time she was out on that stage. She felt awful. She didn't want to be there. Flying up and down with all the movement. Yeah. I was expecting to see maybe JC, maybe see Drake. Uh, Legend Paul McCartney was in the crowd as well. So I thought maybe we would see him, you know, a little four, five seconds to run. You know the one. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. uh, We see Dave. He's in the chat. He's saying that he loved the halftime show, but he thinks he's in the minority. I think it's split. I think it's like like a, a lot of the ray ray crowd they love her and i think that they will continue to love her after this performance i have nothing but respect for her but i, I would like to see some more appearances i think that's some of the fun of it is seeing you know when these celebrities when these uh when these artists walk out on stage nate yeah i agree i uh, i was surprised there wasn't a surprise outside of obviously her being pregnant um but no there really wasn't another surprise but i mean can you can you really argue with riri's hit list like they're good yeah. songs man they're good songs i would have liked to hear three or three four or five seconds whatever that song call is called probably my favorite song by her but yes very good overall i think the kansas city offensive line they stepped up and won this game zero sacks against a team who came into this one as potentially one to break the all-time sack record for a season it didn't happen Th- those guys up front graham fletcher cox they were all held in check here, Nate. And no Philly running back had over three yards per carry. This is troublesome to Miles Sanders' future if he does remain with the team. Obviously, an unrestricted free agent. He's going to draw interest out there. I don't know if Philly will match whatever offer he gets out there, Nate, after what was kind of a disappointing performance. But overall, it was you know a really good season for the kid. So, yes, it was, but he didn't show up in the playoffs, really. I mean, NFC Championship, obviously he did. But in the Super Bowl, he just wasn't there. And he wasn't – they tried to get him going, and he couldn't get going. They couldn't get Gainwell going. Boston Scott probably had the most impressive series of runs for this team in the Super Bowl of the three. I've seen some chatter 
amongst friends of the show, including John Helmkamp, that they think that Philly is going to try and grab Bijan in the draft. I started thinking about this today. I, I I didn't I didn't see that on Twitter, and I'm glad John pointed that out to you. But I think maybe it's not Bijan with their earlier pick, but maybe it's Jamar Gibbs. They wait like there's a really good running cl- back class, and even they could like, wait till the third or fourth round. Go after a guy like Evan Hall. Go after a guy like Chase Brown. There are so many, you know, fun names in this class. So sure. I, I could absolutely see, you know, m- maybe they have the draft capital. If they wanted to get that next level running back, it would make sense. It seemed like they were missing that. However, the receivers absolutely took off in this one, Nate. Uh, Devonta Smith, our guy, the, the Slim Reaper, he comes in once again, seven for 100. Could have been even a bigger day if you had got that one call uh, or one catch called back. A.J. Brown, six for 96, a brilliant bomb from Jalen Hurts. It was beautiful. And Dallas Goddard, six for 60. I think that Philly has found their receiving core between these three gentlemen. They need to get a better uh, slot receiver when when both uh, Brown and Smith are playing on the outside here. Quez Watkins, okay, but he dropped that one big one, man. Uh, so I, I really think that they need to add a, a solid number three wide receiver, you know, like a Tyler Boyd type of player. I'm on board with that. It- and there are going to be a lot of guys who are going to be available in that class this offseason, this free agency. But I think all in all, this team is going to be able to keep the core parts together. They're going to need a running back. They might need to replace Jason Kelsey at center, but I'm not convinced he's going to retire yet. And then obviously, as we'll talk about later, they lost two coordinators, but the core of this team is in, intact for the next few seasons. This Philly team is a team that I think we're going to be talking about in this upper echelon of teams for the next probably five, six, seven, eight seasons. We will talk about it a little bit more here later because there was some news that came out after the Super Bowl that maybe if you were high on Philly, I, I'm, I'm with you. I am with you, Nate. But but there are some concerns. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, what's the future hold for them? Um, as well as well as Jason Kelsey, that, that's going to be a, a, a mystery. We got Brad saying in the chat, not sure uh, Seth's singing career will take off. Well, hey, Brad, when you don't have anyone backing you up, like I need Nate to be on here on the mic with me backing me up. Every time I start singing on this show, I get no backup, Nate. What the hell is that about, bud? Um, I have a terrible singing voice. Jackson told me last night <laughs> while singing his goodnight song, that I'm not good at singing. So I'm trying to, I'm what I'm trying to do, Seth, is I'm trying to not break anyone's mirrors or computer screens or like cause any sort of eardrum ruptures. I don't want blood coming out of anybody's ears. So I'm just not going to sing. Oh man. I, I'm not a good singer either, Nate. So <laughs> I, I you're understand better, dude, you're better than you're, you're better yeah. than me. That's hilarious that your uh, your six year old son bodied you. Dave's laughing in the chat about that one as well. That is hilarious. Jackson being a savage already. Nate, let's talk a little bit more about the Chiefs side of this. If there was one clear winner for fantasy football moving forward, I think it's Isaiah Pacheco. We were in a startup recently in uh, in the dynasty realm, and he fell pretty far because people still weren't sure. It could CH bounce back. Jared McKinnon's going to be a guy around for a while, but Pacheco is the clear winner. 15 for 76, one touchdown, and this dude runs angry. And that's what we have seen all season long. Sometimes maybe the vision isn't 100%, and that's been his big knock in the NFL. His burst might not be 100% either, but he's a tough runner, a star in the making. 
And we saw Jeremy McKinnon in that utility role, Nate, playing fullback, playing tight end when they need a pass-catching running back, when they need a guy to run block. That is Jared McKinnon. And I think he'll continue to be that. And, and if he comes back with the Chiefs this next year, he's going to be a free agent once again. We'll see more of that, I think. And you'll have games where Jared McKinnon explodes. Maybe he's a league winner again because he can get the touchdowns. But this backfield looks like Isaiah Pacheco's moving forward. Would you be surprised if they added any other pieces here uh, in the offseason to this backfield? Either they're going to pay up to keep McKinnon because I think he's going to draw a fair amount of interest. In the league, yes, uh, one yes. of the one of the one of the teams that pops into my head that could use a McKinnon is the New York Giants. I wouldn't be surprised to see them add him as a compliment to Saquon Barkley in that offense. But the Chiefs have to have a one B to Pacheco because, like you said, he has an issue seeing the holes. He has an issue with vision, which he makes up for with his quick footwork at the line. But you need that guy who in a pinch, you know, is going to find that gap or is going to find hit, that lane hit the home run. route and hit the home run. And I think they do it in the draft and a name that came up last week in my dynasty diehard show. And throughout the conversation, it kind of came to me that this is a guy the chiefs could dr- snag in like a, the third, fourth round as a compliment to Pacheco is Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Cause he He's checks all a the lot boxes. of hype right now. Yeah. Is this the end for CH CH though, Nate? Like, he is was, there any he was hope? In, like, he, no, he, he was, was healthy he, and inactive. He was healthy, but for the first time really since what w- w- October. So that doesn't maybe that comes in into Super play. Bowl. I think he could be well, on the move this summer. I, I think CEH could be on the move potentially. He still has the first round pedigree with his name. So uh maybe maybe they're gonna try to capitalize on that. But Nate is saying stay in Pacheco or stay in check with Pacheco. Don't get too crazy about him because he does think some competition will be added here uh, and and McKinnon might return as well. For me, it's hard to trust any of these wide receivers as well moving forward, Nate. Juju Smith, 7 for 53. Most of that came on that one big drive for Juju, though. Uh, And then, of course, we have uh, Sky Moore, one catch for him. Tony, one catch. Justin Watson, one catch. Tony had the big game overall. He had the touchdown. He had the big punt return. Looked really good in this. Sky Moore looked dynamic at times as well. He was playing in the backfield a little bit. Is there any hope that you have looking at this sheet right now? Like it seems like we just have four or five guys who put MVS in this conversation and, you know, pick one. <laughs> the MVS, no. No. Dude, he was huge uh, AFC championship. Like that's like that's what I mean. It's so hard to pick these guys. Sure. Like, Will you be drafting any come August if these are the four guys, if Juju does get resigned? No, I have no interest. But I think Kansas City brings in a bigger name. I think they they go after one of these guys that's being floated as like a trade candidate. Keenan Allen's on the block right now. DeAndre Austin's on there right now. Um, I can't see see San Diego. Good Lord. I can't see the Chargers trading Keenan Allen to a division rival. Yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So really good point there. Um, we'll see what happens. Like I would be interested in maybe taking the shot on Tony in late rounds, but he, he'll get over hype because mm-hmm. this game we hundred percent know he'll get over hype sky Moore, He might be someone I take a shot on next year, late in drafts. But outside of that, I'm definitely going to avoid some of these hype trains that are going to continue to build um, throughout the offseason if there is no competition added in Kansas City, which you and I both expect to, whether it is one of these guys off free agency, 
through a trade or also just through the draft. A lot of good young wide receivers coming in the NFL once again. Some other coaching news as well, Nate. We do have Shane Steichen signing with the Colts and then Jonathan Gannon signing with the Cardinals, both the offensive and defensive coordinators of the Philadelphia Eagles. No doubt about it. They're moving on here, Nate. First of all, let's talk about Philly a little more extensively. This does make, like, I've been listening, plugging into a little bit of Philly sports radio. I just like to hear reactions. And a lot of people from Philly, like, they're hitting the alarm button. Both coordinators are gone. Graham, Cox, Kelsey, what's happening with those guys? Um, Are you worried about Philly that they could regress next year some? They did hit a perfect storm in terms of scheduling this season as well, Nate. They could regress a little, but this weird thing has happened over the last couple of years where uh, I really think Howie Roseman is a very good NFL executive, and I think he's making good moves for this franchise. Conventional wisdom says Philly's going to regress because of all the things you've mentioned. you got Fletcher Cox, you got Jason Kelsey, might retire. Um, You lost your offensive and defensive coordinator, but I think that Sirianni is a good enough coach and Roseman's a good enough executive that they've already planned for this. Two first round picks too. Yeah. I think they've planned for this and I think that I think they're going to be fine. Jonathan Gannon isn't as big of a loss as everyone makes it sound like he is. I mean, they were kind of a mid tier defense last season with him. They made some moves in the off season. They upgraded personnel. They got better and they were very good but they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, which who can, but I, this is a time where they move to a better defensive coordinator. Now they've got the recognition. They got to a Super Bowl. They can bring in a bigger name. Their names are Rex Ryan's apparently out there looking for an off or defensive coordinator position. The Broncos have interviewed him a couple of times. They have the firepower to go after a bigger name and a better coordinator on both sides. The Steichen one hurts a little bit more because been calling he had plays that- since week five of 2020, 2021, Nate. So he's been calling plays for a year and a half right. there. But then I've heard a lot of confidence within the organization and their quarterbacks coach, Brian Johnson, who is expected to be elevated to the offensive coordinator position. He's been working with Hertz for two plus seasons. He has helped Hertz get to who Jalen Hertz is today. Probably not a bad move to get him in as the offensive coordinator, someone that Hurts is familiar with. They can continue to tailor that offense around Hurts. I'm not worried. Philly's going to be a top, a top-tier team in the NFC this season and next season and the season after. They have the parts, the pieces, and the smarts within the organization to keep this rolling for at least another four or five seasons. I like that you're kind of calming me down, simmering me down a little bit because I was kind of hitting the panic button a little bit. Uh, maybe that's just the Philly Johns getting my head out here in Pennsylvania. But uh, I, I appreciate that, Nate. I will say I do love this hire for the Colts. And as I mentioned, Stiking's been calling plays for a while in Philadelphia, which you'd love to see. This is the most expensive offensive line he's going to in Indianapolis in the NFL. So if they can turn it around, the play was awful. They got the offensive line coach out of there. I'm pretty sure he just took a gig with the Texans. And I loved like what Steichen said in his interview. The one clip I caught was he thanked every single Philadelphia offensive player one by one, named them off in his press conference, was tearing up while doing it, thanking and saying, it's all about the players. It's all about the players. And that just screams like 
you're you're a guy you're a guy you know will it work we can't we can't say that but same thing i felt with like dan campbell coming in i'm like that's a guy who respects his players know what they're what what they're yep. about um and the odds jump nate from plus twenty five thousand for the colts to win the super bowl next year to plus twenty thousand so it did tr- jump some they this team bottom six in offensive yards bottom three in points per game I think he can turn it around. He's got to get the quarterback right at the top of the draft, though. Well, yeah, they can't go after Derek Carr. They can't sign one of these free agent quarterbacks that's floating around. Marcus Mariota, maybe Mitch Trubisky if he's out there. Been there, done that. Uh, I think Steichen is smart enough to not do that. I'm excited about Indy's future. Now, I don't think that 2023 is a season where we're going to see much change. It's going to take a couple of years. But this is a team that's going to be markedly better if Jim Irsay doesn't get in the way. We got Brad in the chat saying, imagine how good Colts fans feel when, when they notice Jeff Saturday isn't coaching anymore. Hey, I, I, I think Jeff honestly could still be a good coach in this league. I'm not going to write him off entirely yet, Brad. I loved his uh, his goodbye to the, to the Colts as well. I don't know if you saw that, Nate, but it looked like he was out on a river yes. or a lake. And that stuff, so like, all right, I love that. Like anytime you get out in nature, take a little video, uh, Tom Brady style, I like to see it. So I'm excited for the Colts. I hope they can add some other offensive pieces in this draft. I like a lot of guys like Jelani Woods, who I'm stashing. I'm stashing my Jelani Woods. I'm calling it now, Nate. I love Jelani Woods. Um, Anyone else you think on this Colts offense that we're not talking about? Obviously, we know JT. We know Michael Pittman Jr. Alec Pierce is a guy. We got Paris Campbell, the free agent. Ashton Dooling as a free agent. So maybe they bring back one of those guys. Maybe they hit the well back again at the NFL draft this season, Nate. Well, I feel like Indy's a team that's in complete rebuild mode at this point, and they know they have to be. Jim Irsay thinks they're going to keep winning and winning and winning because he's delusional. But the people he's hired know what this team is. And this is a team that doesn't have a chance of competing in 2023. Even in a really bad division, they don't have a shot because Tennessee's going to do more than they're going to do to get to a point of being able to win games. I know it's ugly. I think they could, I think they could turn it around, man. I really do. I They can, but it's not going to be 2023. Like I would do what I love that for my Michael Pittman shares and my Jonathan Taylor shares. Yes, I would. And I think Jonathan Taylor is still fantasy relevant. This is a team that's a, they're a ways off from being competitive in the actual NFL but Steichen is the guy who's going to get them there in two to three seasons versus five to six seasons where we're watching the toiling in the Browns arc where you're drafting and drafting and drafting. And it's not working. I feel like they're putting smart people in place where they can turn this around by 2024, 2025. Okay. I have a little more faith. I like guys like Shaq Leonard, Kenny Moore on the opposite side of the ball. I think those are really high end players yeah. and then they can bring them back. So We'll see what happens there, Nate. Um, how do you feel about Jonathan Gannon? You said you didn't feel this was a, a, a as splashy as a hire as Stiking. So I get what the Cardinals are doing. They're chasing defense because their defense was putrid in 2022 slash 2023. Bottom two defense this year, and but it was a top 10 defense the year before, so they really dropped off quickly. Here's the problem is that the franchise is looking at this like it was a coaching problem when it's a personnel problem, because this is an aging defense. They have to get younger and they have to commit to doing that through the draft. They have a pretty young offense, a pretty solid offense. 
Trey McBride, Rondale Moore, which we'll talk about later. They've got Kyler Murray. They've got a new coach who's more defensive-minded. The offense will kind of run itself once they find a good coordinator. But I'm concerned about the defense's ability to do much. Because personnel-wise, unless they're willing to really buy into it, they have to – Personal-wise, they have to improve this defense. They lost J.J. Watt to retirement. You've got a whole host of guys who are well over their prime. They played phenomenal in 2022. You saw – or 2021. You saw their age in 2022. And if they don't address that, it's going to be about the same team that we've seen. I really like a couple of their pieces. They have Justin Simmons there. There, They have two great safeties, Buda Baker being the headliner there. Obviously, right. I think you're right that I think there was a, a big drop-off. Obviously, when you lose a guy like Hassan Reddick and Chandler Jones on that defensive front, there are right. going to be issues. So I think that he could have a little bit of a splat. splat. It could be a little bit splashier of a higher than we're giving it credit for. The only way it's going to happen, though, is they have to continue to rebuild this defense. They're in prime position to do it. They have some good draft picks coming into this thing, some really good defensive talent early on here in the draft and out there on free agency as well. They're going to have to get creative on the books as always. But uh, last coach that we want to bring up here, though, Nate, is Todd Munkin going to the Ravens. This is where we thought Biennemi maybe could go if he was going to jump ship. It kind of made sense going to Jim Harbaugh, get on the offensive side of the ball with Lamar Jackson. Todd Munkin, he has been great at Georgia the last couple of seasons, kind of an up-down NFL career, most recently with Tampa Bay. What do you think about this hire, Nate? I think it's a really good one. I think it's a phenomenal hire because this is what this offense needs. It needs an infusion of throwing the damn ball, which is what Munkin has done. When he was in Tampa Bay in 2018 as the offensive coordinator, the team set single-season records in total yards passing yards and touchdown passes. And that was a split quarterback room between Jameis Winston and our boy Fitz magic. He got the most out of a guy who was young and learning to adapt to the NFL and an aging veteran with a limited skill set, which we know that was Ryan Patrick, his whole career. This is going to be really good because he's got an athletic electric quarterback They can bring in some receivers. They've got Rashad Bateman already. They've got a solid running game. We're going to see a completely different Ravens offense in 2023. I think maybe that makes Mark Andrews. Maybe he can creep up into that tier with Travis Kelsey, who's all by himself right now. If we see this offensive explosion, we're expecting with Monken now. Yeah, I think bottom line here for me is they need some damn wide receivers out there. Like I think Rashad mm-hmm. Bateman's a solid wide receiver. I loved him at Minnesota. He, him and Tyler Johnson when they were together, yeah. that was like my dynamic duo. And I'm a Penn State fan, and I liked watching those guys. But now, like Rashad Bateman in the NFL isn't a above average wide receiver. I don't think he's a number one wide receiver. He's a number two wide receiver at best. Sure, borderline. I think maybe number three guy on some teams. They need to find some wide receivers. This is the draft to do it. We got Jackson Smith and the Jigba. He's falling in boards a little bit. Quentin Johnson as well. Zay Flowers. This is a really fun class. Jordan Addison out of USC as well. So, like, if they can get one of these top four or five wide receivers, this could be fun. And I would be really excited for the Ravens. As it looks right now, like, this free agency 
for wide receivers, it's okay, but it's kind of sucks. There's no top end guys out there. Like the top names on the board, are like DJ Chark, Juju Smith Schuster, it's very average guys at best. So I think they have to build through the draft if they want that wide receiver position. Is there anyone that sticks out to you in free agency or in the draft right now, Nate, that you think's a good fit? Because I think it's Smith and Jigba. That's the guy that I think they 100% needed to go out and get. Oh, it's Smith and Jigba. If they can get him in the draft, I, I've seen him falling, but then I've seen some mocks where he's rising. So this is a fun time of year. Nobody knows what the hell's going to happen, and we all get to project our thoughts, ideas, feelings yeah. on it. It's all out there for us to discuss. I I would love to see them get him. I'd love to see them get Quentin Johnson. Johnson would Quentin be John, yeah. I, but he's not going to last. There's no way Baltimore gets him. That's kind of – yeah, I have seen some mocks where he has got to them, and I – I am kind of surprised, honestly. Um, but yeah, it, it could be fun, man. It could be fun. Todd Munkin, he knows the college game, so he knows some of these wide receivers. He's played against mm-hmm. a lot of them. So uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can do in there. But all things pointing upwards in Baltimore here, Nate. Let's go ahead. Let's jump into our weekly advice. Let's share some of our tips to make your fantasy football league better here in 2023. Weekly. All right, weekly advice. We got Eric back in the chat from Green Screens Media. He's saying NFL knows exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, they wrote the script already for next year. They got it. Hilarious. Like, it's kind of funny that we're all leading into that at this point. Like, Arian Foster kind of did, did us a service because some of this stuff has been hilarious to come out about this, Nate. I don't even care if it's scripted. Just don't tell me. Because when I was a kid, I didn't think the WWF, back then it was WWF, until the Wild World Wildlife Federation sued him. I thought that shit was real. And I was like, this is cool. So just don't tell me. Please <laughs> yeah, just, just don't, don't tell th- me. Just don't tell Nate, guys. Let's jump into tips for a better 2023 fantasy football league. And Nate, I want to start it out by just saying kind of why we're doing this, because this is really going to set the foundation. If you're not in a good fantasy football league or if you're not in good fantasy football leagues, plural, you should be. And there are ways to make them better. There are some simple ways to do them. First of all, but like it's not on the list here, but the one tip I have is just like play with people you like. I yes. don't join leagues anymore if it's not a bunch of people I like because then it's just not fun. Like any league that I, and I try to not join too many leagues anymore because I'm trying to cut down, but like I only say yes, if it's like an awesome group of people, good vibes. So make sure you got those good vibes in your league here in 2023. And my first, um, my, my first tip here, and this is something I've come around to. I was always a waiver priority guy. I love the priority, Nate. I loved sitting there saving my priority for weeks and weeks and weeks and then snatching them. However, when you get to our age, when I when I probably get a little bit older as well, like I used to wake up at 4 a.m., not put in my claim and, and then try to wake up at 4.30 a.m. When, when it runs and get those free agents. And Fab's just like a lot more fun way to do it. You know that someone's going to kind of be a dumbass and splurge on Curtis Samuel early in the year. Hey, that was me. Guilty as charged, folks. But, uh, you know, like that's the fun of Fab, I think, is like, you can see people get aggressive or you can see people be conservative. 
I'm usually a more aggressive person off the bat. I know you're a little more conservative off the bat. Uh, but what's your thought on fab here over priority? Uh, kind of switching to the new norm here. My fantasy football world didn't include fab until 2020. Cause I mm-hmm. was in leagues with people who weren't really that crazy about fantasy football. Like we did it, but it wasn't like a nutso thing where they were just like obsessed with it. And then I found fab and I was like, no, this is way better than waiver priority. And I would never go back. I am in zero leagues of 26 that use waiver priority instead of fab bid for your players. Nate, what is your first tip here for a better 2023 fantasy football league? So if you're playing in just normal redraft leagues, you redraft your whole team every season, but you're looking for a little bit more, consider doing a keeper league. It's not full on dynasty where you have 30 guys that you drafted one season and now you're beholden to all of them unless you can trade them or waive them. It's two to three players. You get to choose who you keep right before your draft more than likely. So like you don't even have to think about it that much during the off season, but it gives you this sense of um, ownership in your team where when you draft your redraft team, it's not just for this season. It's a futures move. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be honest. I've been playing in keeper leagues for a couple of years now. And a couple of my favorite leagues are keeper leagues. And it is so fun to like even draft rookies because if you hit on a rookie, I hit on Justin Jefferson. It's a super flex league. So the, the, the wide receivers running backs got pushed off. I hit on Justin Jefferson in the 15th round, his rookie year, that price still increases two rounds every season. I'm still getting him for about an 11th round price tag this year. That's so fun. Garrett Wilson, I get him for a ninth. Like that's kind of the beauty of keeper leagues. There's a lot of decisions you have to make. And it's very strategy dependent. And then when you go to cut someone during the season, you also have to think about it more long-term as well. So yes, I love keeper leagues. I think there are some really fun ways you can do it with like player guillotines and, and kind of spinning a wheel and different things like that. And keep in mind sleeper keepers too. If you have a league who's hesitant to jump into keepers, try sleeper keepers. Make it that your 16th and 17th round picks, if you keep them on your roster all year, you get them back the next year. I've seen people do crazy stuff with this. The one year I saw somebody take uh, Julian Edelman when Julian Edelman was going to miss that whole season. I saw somebody uh, last year take Cam Akers and they sat on Cam Akers during the, when he had his Achilles injury, got him back this year for a very cheap price. I sat on Calvin Ridley all last year in one of my sleeper keepers leagues, Nate. So I go in and I get to keep him for a 16th or 17th round pick. Like, I did have to use my IR spot all season for Calvin Ridley, but it's fun. It was a strategy pool. So we'll see what happens, you know? Well, if Calvin Ridley gets instated, what is he going as? He's going as a fourth or fifth, probably fourth or fifth, uh, maybe sixth yeah, round but, wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in that mi- middle tier. So yeah, like that's the fun yeah. of keeper leagues. There, there's a lot of variety with it. So I, I love that you uh, brought this to the table here, Nate. My next tip here for a better 2023 season with your league, spice up your lottery draft, guys. This is one of the most clever things you can do. I, I was talking to someone on Twitter. They were asking me uh, if Pacheco hit his rushing line because they had done something with prop bets and that was how they went into their lottery. My friends and me, for a lot of our leagues, we do like a random wheel and like a bingo wheel and we do that and that's a lot of fun. But 
there's so much you could do. You could bet on a NASCAR race. You could bet on a horse race. You could bet, send your little kids, you know, running down, down the street and see who wins first. Like there's so much fun you could have with this. Um, Nate, what do you think about spicing up your draft lottery? Because I think it's like, this is like the, the tone setter for the league. This is the tone setter for the draft. This is where you get together, have a couple beers, whether it's a game of darts, game of billiards, whatever it is, have a blast doing it. No, I, I love this. I wish that our home league could do this. Uh, we all live, we all started here and we all live all over the country now. We've all moved over the last like 14, 15 years. But man, that would be a blast to be able to do that. Like a dart, the dart competition is the one that got me because I pretend like I'm good at darts, even though I'm like yeah, barely mediocre at darts. But like, that's fun. Like, it doesn't have to be based on the end of your season results. You can do something fun. You can do a race. We do a um, hundred yard dash in my home league every season mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, dude, mix it up. Like really any way you can make your fantasy league more fun. Uh, for us, it's easy because we're football nerds who can't wait to start drafting and doing all the football things. But for people who are more seasonal, like you do those things and it drives more engagement, more involvement. They're like, oh, no, this is fun. That was fun. That that process of picking our draft slots was fun. And now I'm going to be more engaged over the season because I had a blast with that. The rest of this is going to be awesome. So here's something that was new to me over the last couple of seasons, but at a position premium, it's super simple. You could sleeper is the best for this. If you want to start doing these crazy premiums, you should be on sleeper, sleeper sleeper.app. Go check it out. Not a sponsor yet. You can do things like one point per carry for a running back or minus one point per incompletion for a quarterback, as we learned in Scott Fishbowl. You can do plus one extra PPR points for a tight end. It's a way to make. So it spices up the draft because now you're drafting differently. Well, if a tight end gets two points per reception, I'm going to take a premium on guys who gets lots, get a lot of targets like Evan Ingram who gets peppered with targets from Trevor Lawrence. We're hoping in 2023, but we saw at the end of 2022, it makes it more interesting to draft. If you start doing these or simple things, like if you have a 40 plus yard reception, it's plus two points. Right. Yeah. There are so many fun things you can do. And if you, I do highly advise if you are going to get into Superflex, which Superflex, very fun format. I've only been playing it for probably three or four years now at this point, but I really greatly enjoy it. And if you're going to play with Superflex, I think you might as well play with tight end premium because then tight ends are just as valuable as QBs, Nate. Yep, exactly. And that that's the fun of it. It changes up how you draft. It changes your strategy. It changes everybody else's strategy, makes you think a little bit more and it, most people like that. Yes. Yeah. Tight end premium, all the premiums. I, I do enjoy them. Uh, spice it up, guys. So I'm going to go with tip number five here. Standardize a messaging platform. I think the best leagues are the ones that are people like have people connected. You're chatting a lot. You know, I don't think it has to be an absurd amount, but having league discourse, positive, some shit talk, all, all the all all of it in between. Like, I think that's really good to have. But like standardize a messaging platform that works for people. I have used everything under the sun. Some of it's great, Nate. I have used um, in the past, I have used Discord, which I don't really like Discord just because like I, I forget to open the app sometimes. So like that's where mm-hmm. I struggle with Discord a little bit. 
I like Twitter group chats because I'm on Twitter quite a bit. I can do Facebook group chats because I'm on Facebook a little bit here as well. Um, I don't like text messaging group chats sometimes with leagues because it just gets too messy and I use my text too frequently. Stuff can get buried. Um, but like find whatever works for you. Me, my friends for my home league, my favorite league, we do a Snapchat group message and that really works for us. That just works for us, you know, because like we can send different stupid videos to each other, shit talk a little bit. It's like super easy and convenient. So I know people use WhatsApp too. Like there are a lot of things out there. Um, what do you think about standardizing a messaging platform, Nate? I know obviously some apps as well, Fantrax, Sleeper, they let you chat right in there as well. You want to know a fun fact? I've never used Snapchat. You've Not never used Snapchat? Not ever. Does Jen have Snapchat? I think she did once upon a time, but I don't think she does anymore. Wow. That's like, I don't use it as much as most people. Like I don't post on stories or I like, I just literally use it. It's almost like a second form of communication with people my age. Like honestly, like a lot of my friends, if like, I just text honestly, but like if I get a lot of Snapchats from friends like that, you know, and we have a lot of group chats in Snapchat. It's just, it's kind of a, somewhere between like a millennial and gen z thing i would say but yeah the, the gen z loves it like that's like they use it like texting honestly like my little sister and brother so yeah super interesting um but whatever it is guys if it's if it's yeah. whatsapp if it's if it's snapchat whatever you're doing uh have some type of messaging platform nate let's go to tip number six here bro something that was fun this season that happened to me in a championship was Niam Hines in week 18 going absolutely batshit crazy with the kick returns because I happened to be in a Debbie league with a two-week championship that went through week 17 and 18 that included all of the return stats for my individual players. Niam Hines had 47 points for me in week 18. Return yards too? Return yards and touchdowns, yes. So I got Jeez. all of those points. I won my championship because of Niam Hines' return yards. Guys, it makes it so fun if you allow that in your leagues. I don't know of a platform that doesn't allow you to modify it that way. And if that platform doesn't allow you to do it, maybe you should move to another platform. But return returns matter. Imagine, imagine if your league allowed return statistics and you had Devin Hester in a keeper league. Yeah, it would have been fun. So, and it's a it's a fun – these are other things that just like they throw fun into the draft because now you're looking at these additional things. And while it might sound like a lot of work, there are a lot of people like myself and Seth who already do that work for you. And we can tell you the things that you need to do to draft these better players with these different formats, but it makes it more fun. Like imagine you're watching a game on Sunday and your dude returns a kick for a touchdown. And you're like, oh, shit. Not only is he my like wide receiver flex play this week, dude has a touchdown on a kick return, and I get all of the points for that versus, oh, couldn't you just caught that as a touchdown pass? A lot of platforms right now, they do allow like six points per, like if you do get a reception return, you do get that. We saw Devin Duvernay a lot this season, uh, a couple mm -hmm. times with Donovan Peoples-Jones as well. But the return yards is new to me. I have never done that that was something I would be interested in, in the right format, but it does make guys like Jamal Agnew a little bit more fun guys like Sky right. Moore and Kadarius Tony, who have a little bit of upside on the kick return. So I like that tip there, Nate. This is one of mine here. It's add another flex or wide receiver three. This is something 
uh, again, I've been in this home league for years and years and it's been a strictly two RB, two wide receiver and a one flex league. And recently we upped it to get to that next level and we put another flex in it. I want another wide receiver, but I got outvoted to another flex. But dude, it made it so much more fun when we did that. I think two years ago, I think we made that change. The more creative like you can get with your lineup, I think the more fun fantasy football is. So we saw more people ripping double tight end out there. We saw more people, some people were ripping four running backs weekly. Like you can do so much more and your strategy can just be so much more whatever you want it to be when you have multiple flexes or three wide receivers. So I highly recommend it. If you want to go zero RB, it's a lot more fun and a lot more comfortable when you have two flexes. So I hundred percent, I hundred percent obliged to uh, add another flex here, Nate. You know, I'm all about having the craziest league you can possibly have. The crazier it is, the more fun it is. The more you get away from the standard norm, whatever we want to call it the more fun fantasy football becomes. Nate, what's your next tip here? So this is a concept that is new to me in the last three years, but I love it. Just add it, add one, one IDP, which IDP stands for individual defensive player. Add one IDB flex position. You go into your draft. It can, it's redraft. It's keeper. It's whatever it is. Have that one defensive player. You have to draft. You can get, fun with it you can draft your favorite defensive player it's going to have some impact but it's going to on your actual like fantasy team but it's going to get you more involved in the defensive side of the ball yes which yes. makes watching football more fun because you're a little bit more like you're, you're more invested in some of these defensive players where a lot of us maybe don't know as many of them yeah, 100%. It is like, and this is a great way, Nate, to start that IDP journey. Jumping into a full IDP league is a bit different, and it is something you need to be prepared for. But the IDP flex, I've, I've known people who've done this, like pretty much since they started their fantasy journey, is ripping out an IDP flex. And it is fun because you get to watch a lot of times it's the big stars, the sack leaders, the interception leaders, the Trayvon Diggs of the world, the TJ mother effing Watts of the world. So like, it's fun to root for those guys. And when you see a sack out there, you can, you know, hop on it. it, it it's fun, man. So yeah, I really like this one, Nate. I'm going to round us out here with number nine. Super important one. I think to make your league fun, stick to a last place punishment that people are, are going to follow through with because the biggest issue with these are if you don't want to have a last place punishment, Nate, I think that's totally cool. And I'm all right with that. But I think at the end of the day, I don't want to have a last place punishment punishment and then have people not follow through on that. I think that's the worst thing you can do. I've never had a league with a last place punishment, never done it, but I think it would be fun. Uh, except for this year where I finished last in a few leagues i i would prefer to not have to do the punishment but yes it makes people uh care a little bit more because if you finish last you have to do something embarrassing and it keeps people competing all season even through the end of the playoffs when you're in a consolation bracket but you don't want to finish last you don't want to sit at waffle house and eat and if waffles for 24 straight hours and whatever that punishment is, just like do it, man. Because I've been in some leagues, and I'm not going to name names, but I know people who they'll like dispute that they didn't get last or something. You know what I mean? Like we have we have a dispute in some of my leagues. Like, oh, I never got last. Like, dude, I could. You know what I mean? Like, 
if you get last, do the punishment. Because if you signing up for the league, you paying your dues is saying, hey, I'm accepting this. I'm accepting whatever comes of this last place punishment. So, Nate, these are our nine tips for a better 2023 fantasy football league. I love all, all, all that you brought to the table here. Let's go ahead and round out the show tonight with a final game of Would You Rather, a February edition. Would you rather hear Nate? We're going to be asking fantasy football and lifestyle related questions here around at the show. First question of the night. Would you rather roster Sky Moore or Rondale Moore in Dynasty? We talked a little bit about Sky Moore, kind of a down season for him coming in as a very impressive second round rookie on only 43 fantasy points on the season for him. Had his uh, biggest game arguably in the Super Bowl or at least, you know, one of his first touchdowns as a pro wide receiver 122 as a rookie. So very poor season for Sky Moore. However, Rondale Moore hasn't been that great. Uh, best finish for him ever, wide receiver 67, so still substantially better than Sky. Um, however, he just underwent surgery for both sides of his groin and a pinky finger. Who do you want battle the Moors? Sky Moore is the more physically talented wide receiver, in my opinion, after scouting both. I like Rondell Moore. I don't like the situation for Rondell Moore. I like the situation for Sky Moore. I'm going to say Sky Moore in 2023. And I'm probably with you, like... I think Rondale Moore has a safer floor, obviously. We've seen at least him be a wide receiver three and four at times, average 10.9 points per game here this last season when healthy. However, he just hasn't been healthy a lot of his career. Kyler Murray's not going to be out there. We still don't know who the offensive coordinator is, so it's hard to really tell. Um, obviously, it's probably going to get a little bit, bit of a bump without D-Hop out there, but I think Sky Moore has the higher ceiling here, and by the time we get Kyler Murray and Rondell Moore back on the same page, he's going into year four of his career. So yep. I think that's kind of kind of the bottom line here. We don't usually get in too much dynasty on the show, but I thought that was an important question to bring up with the news of Rondale surgery and Sky Moore having a, a nice playoff run with the Chiefs here in his rookie year. I will say the guy dressed is so cool. Sky Moore dress is really cool. I saw him on he Radio does. Row. Looks real cool. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure Dude's we'll see more of that. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to see that more on Wednesday at the Super Bowl parade. Next question here, Nate. Would you rather go to theaters to watch Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, or Cocaine Bear? Winnie the Pooh, now feral, blood, and thirsty. Him and Piglet terrorize Christopher Robin and a group of young women at a remote house in this one. So it's kind of uh, Winnie the Pooh with a sick, twisted storyline on it, Nate. Or Cocaine Bear, so another bear movie. After a 500-pound black bear consumes a significant amount of cocaine and embarks on a drug-fueled rampage, an eccentric gathering of cops, criminals, tourists, and teenagers assemble in a Georgia forest. So you're going with the crooked backwards version of a classic, or are you going with a semi-true story in Cocaine Bear? I'm going Cocaine Bear. On <laughs> I can't desecrate my child memories of Winnie the Pooh. 
Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. What I can do is watch a semi true story about a bear who ingested a ton of cocaine because man, that just sounds like a fun story. I think it fell out of a helicopter or something too. Like it was, it was real crazy. I was, I was reading a little bit into, it. I think there was a, there was actually an ad for it. I think in the Super Bowl as well. So yeah, I would go cocaine bear. I personally don't want to see any of these movies. I think they both sound like not my favorite movies, but this guy with the Winnie the Pooh thing, man, he's actually kind of making like a whole universe of these like, you know, good, uh, good stories gone bad type situation here. So I think it's kind of like I, it's cool, but I'm not into it. I'm not into it, dude. I can't. Winnie the Pooh. It's Winnie the Pooh. If he starts killing people, like I don't even know what this world is. Brad, I'm with you. Brad in the chat saying cocaine bear, no questions asked. Um, so yeah, 100 there with you, Brad. Nate, next question here: Would you rather attend the retirement party of Tom Brady or Chad Henney? Chad Henney, obviously, after the Chiefs Super Bowl on Sunday, announces, "Hey, he's hanging it up as well." Chad Henney, really good career for him. Uh, pretty much a career backup. He got a start with the Miami Dolphins. I love Chad Henney coming into the league here. Nate um, had a couple good years as a starter, bounced around a little bit, found a home with the Chiefs as their backup. Who would you rather attend their retirement party, the Goat or Mr. Henney? Chad Henney had a fine career. But, dude, if you go to Tom Brady's retirement party, you're looking at, like, Jay-Z, Drake, uh, Brad Pitt might be there, Ben Affleck. Who's going to be at Chad Henney's retirement party? Steve? A lot more a lot more, approach, a lot more approachable people. That's what I'd say. I, I would definitely go Chad Henney. I think it'd be, like, him and the boys, and so you know, I I think you, I'd have a more fun time. I think at Tom Brady's, I would be a little starstruck. So I would rather post Fair enough. chat a couple bush lattes with with the man here. Fair enough. All right, Nate. Nate still go. You're still going Tom Brady though. I'm seeing. I'm seeing with Tom Brady. He's more my age too. I mean, Henny's like mid thirty. He's like mid thirties, right? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a little in show research here. I 37. So he's your age too, Nate. Like, Oh, I'm right in between. Do they yeah, have to be think... at the same time? Maybe I'll go to both. We'll figure it out. Okay. I'll get a helicopter. I'll go to both. All right. Fair enough. Let's round it out here. Let's talk a little bit about some new album releases here in the new year. Would you rather cruise while listening to Pink's upcoming album, Trust Fall? Pink making a comeback. I wonder when she's going to do her Super Bowl halftime performance. And then we have Jordan Davis, a country musician, his upcoming record, Blue Bird Days. And Nate, I know you're probably like automatically thinking, I hate country. I don't want to go there. But like, I'm just going to set the scene a little bit for you. I don't know out there who, how many of our listeners, I don't know how many of them listen to Jordan Davis, but like, dude is a fun singer, but at the same time, like very down homey, very like, contemporary at the same time like just good vibes all around honestly from jordan davis so i want you to keep that in mind as you're thinking about this uh pink she's had some bangers though pink has had some bangers let's raise your glass jordan davis because i know pink and while i don't dislike her music it's not really in my wheelhouse as far as like my tastes country Guitar driven music is going to be more likely to hit my wheelhouse. Can we call it a tie? 
I'll listen to I'll listen to them both. I'm sure that my road trip's going to be plenty long enough. I can listen to both albums. We'll see which one I like the most. Brad, I'll cruise in silence. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great stuff there. I I'll say, man, the, both these albums come out on Friday. So if you're listening to this this week, um, chances are they're not out yet, but they will be very soon. I think give them both a, a try. Honestly, like Pink's yeah. pretty reflective nowadays. She's got a child, so she's her music's a little bit different. Um, I enjoy both these artists a lot, so I'm excited to see what, what they can do. Uh, but a lot of good music coming our way in 2023 that we're going to chat about on the next season of the show, Nate. Uh, can't thank you for being here. Can't thank Brad, everyone else in the chat for being here as well. It was a really fun 2022 season. And next time we're back here, we're going to chat about the 2023 season, which should be even more lit than 2022 guys until then have a great rest of your week be safe out there enjoy the rest of your valentine's days with your significant others and we'll see you soon guys keep it in between your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice 